What is going on guys? This is Gene Jensen and it is time for Friday Night Live. All right, so for those of you who are tuning in tonight, uh, specifically for those of you who are turning into my, my podcast um, and listening to this, this is a, a live event that I do every Friday night, or recently it's been every other Friday night because of deer season, but uh, we do this almost every other every Friday night, and we it's a Q&A. We talk about certain subjects. We talk about bass fishing, and it's just a whole lot of fun, so thanks for joining me, and let's get things started. I'm going to wait for everybody to jump in because I kind of was late making the announcement, but uh, let's have a little bit of fun. There we go. It usually takes just a few minutes. Let me get over to the comments. All right. Well, tonight I want to talk about preparing for uh, next year. And uh, and that's kind of one of the things, some of the things I want you guys to think about while we're talking about this um, or while I'm talking about business. So uh, a lot of really cool things going on right now. Like I've, I've said the last couple of nights that uh, my website's gone live, flutemaster.com. Uh, you can get a lot of really cool things like this really cool water bottle. And no, that is not a decal. That's actually printed on there. Uh, when I first saw it, I thought it was, yeah, they just stuck a sticker on there. But nope, that's printed on that Camelback water bottle. So um, uh, the shirts are great. The hoodies are awesome. And uh, we're having a whole lot of fun. We're selling them like crazy. And I can't wait to see you guys with, um, with them on. Seriously, if you guys get any of my shirts or hats or anything like that and you uh, post on Instagram and tag me, I will be sure to uh, to share your post on my Instagram and, and all over the place. So yeah, man, I just, I can't wait to see it. So what's going on guys? Hey Bryce, how you doing, man? Evan, Johns, Vincent, Chase, man, that's good to see everybody jumping on here. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Let me get my camera dropped down just a hair. I don't like to be right in the middle of the screen. All right. So a um, couple other things. Uh, I've got a deer hunt next week. So I've got one more Friday night live that I'm going to miss uh, next week. I'm going to Sapelo Island off the coast of Georgia. I drew for a quota hunt. This is my quota hunt. The last two hunts have been my kids. Um, and it's a, it's a bow hunt only. And I've killed a lot of deer with a bow but I'm hoping to shoot my first one with a crossbow on this trip. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. Um, King Kong, what's up? What's up, Chris Merrill? Uh, Sawgrass Bassin, what's going on, man? What's going on? Um, I was going to talk about like Christmas presents and that kind of stuff in this uh, Friday Night Live, uh, but I'm going to make a few videos uh, tomorrow and, uh, and put them up next week. That's going to be all about that. But anyway, um, Another thing to, to tell you guys that in, in the description of this video, you'll see a link and that's just a basic link to Tackle Warehouse. But what that is, that's an affiliate link. And if you use that link and go buy whatever you want to buy at Tackle Warehouse, it actually um, it helps my channel. I get a little bit of a kickback for it. It's an affiliate link to Tackle Warehouse. So anytime you're shopping during this Christmas season, go to this video and I'm actually going to Try to put it on several other videos, but go to this one, click on that link and go shopping at Tiger Warehouse. Um, it just, it helped me out. It'd be pretty cool. So, um, oh, Stephen Guthrie. I met him at Academy on Tuesday. Yeah. Or met up with him. How you doing, man? <laughs> I like your son. He's a good kid. Um, let's see. Michael Woodman. How's it going, man? Thanks for, thanks for the comment. Uh, <laughs> Sean Lay says, Hey, Fluke, hope all is well. Had to order a new hoodie. Uh, make sure everyone knows to read the directions on the package on how to care for it. Yeah, it is kind of a tricky little deal. Um, I wonder what happened anyway. Um, awesome video idea, and you can bring me along if you want. Uh, <laughs> big swim bait challenge, uh, with the tactical bassing guys. That'd be cool. I can't. I don't know if they don't like doing collaborations or not. I haven't been able to get them to, to buy it on a collab video. 
Um, I may be going out to California later on this year or next year. So, oh man. All right. So some of the tricks that I do, um, or late in the late in the year and then early in in uh, in the wintertime, basically when I start to get cabin fever, when it's really cold and I don't want to get outside and go fishing, what do I do to uh, to prepare for next year? Um, sorry, I got some company coming in tonight. He just texted me. So what should, what do we do for next year? First things that I do and what I've done for years and years and years is I go and I read basic beginner articles and I watch basic beginner videos, which sounds kind of crazy, but I'm not kidding. One of the things that we tend to do throughout the years, we forget the basics. You know, when I played uh, amateur soccer and I almost went and played pro soccer, but I, anyway, that's a long story. Um, but I used to go, always go at least once a month, go back to the basics, go back to drivel practice, go back to all this, you know, all the basic little practicing uh, drills and stuff that you, that I would, you know, that covered all the basics. Same thing with fishing. Get your mind ready by going back and watching basic videos, learn, and you'll be amazed at how many things you forget, which is pretty cool. Um, do, 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 do. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. Thanks, Sean. Um, yeah, we're going to take care of that too. I'm glad you got a new one. We'll, we'll definitely take care of it if you have issues like that. All right. So another thing that I do is I clean all my tackle. Um, I'll, especially when I'm bored out of, my, out of my mind, I'll grab rods, I'll grab reels, I'll get everything cleaned up and ready for the next year. Um, I get, uh, I'll get crankbaits out and crankbaits are really, you know, you get crankbaits in your box and you get a little bit of rust in your box or a little bit of dirt and the crankbaits get really dirty and dingy and you can't just wipe it off. One of the cool tricks is get yourself a, a, the Mr. Clean Magic Eraser and get it wet and scrub those crankbaits and you'll get them pretty much clean, um, which is a really cool deal. So I'm just, I keep trying to. That's a good question, Jeff. I'm going to answer that in just a second. And with rods, I just get some soapy water and a washcloth and I clean out the guides and I clean out the blank and I just wipe down the handle. Don't try to get the handle perfectly clean because that cork has filler in it, wood filler in it. And you can wipe that wood filler out and your cork will get ditches and stuff. That can be repaired with some simple stuff called, uh, oh, anyway, I can't even remember what it's called. You get it off of out of mud hole tackle. It's called cork conditioner. And then you got cork filler at mud hole tackles website. So anyway, Jeff, this is a good, this is a good question. It says, I'm so confused. Do I fish winter style or fall style right now? Water is 57 to 60 degrees. Oh, central Louisiana. Um, high 40s in the morning, high 60s and 70s during the day. Stick with fall, man. Um, especially with those temperatures. Goodness gracious. How I wonder how cold your water gets during the wintertime. Because um, if it doesn't get much colder than that, they're getting ready to spawn. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, but yeah, dude, stay with fall, stay moving and stuff until that water temperature gets below 53 degrees anywhere in the country, you're going to be fishing fall style stuff. You'll be fishing moving baits. And once it gets, you know, 54, 53 and on lower, they start to move into that winter uh, pattern and you have to slow down a little bit, fish a jig, fish a jerk, made that kind of stuff. So. Hey, James, how's it going on? Wong Doyle, what's going on, man? Uh, if I ever fish Monroe Lake in Bloomington, Indiana, I have not. Definitely have not. Okay. Josie, hi, how can you cast further? I'm going to say this first. Let me sit up in my chair a little bit. I'm getting bad posture. First of all, I think a cat, an accurate cast is a hundred times more important than a, a long cast. The only time I really want to be able to cast really long is if I'm chasing schooling fish. And so a, um, to get your, your, I'm, I'm assuming you're saying a, a, with a bait caster, the best way that I know how to do it is to just keep very, very lightly loosening that cast control knob until you get to the point where you almost backlash, but you don't, um, and you'll get longer. Also, the right rod with the right weight lure and nice slick or, or good line will do it too. 
Uh, my Seaguar Braze X is really good for casting long, but if you really want to, if you're, it's a spinning rod, braided line will help you cast a long way. Um, but if you if you just want to use what you've got on your rod and the type of rod you got, the best thing to do is just train that thumb to work that spool very, very lightly and keep yourself from backlashing, and you can loosen that cast control knob up a little bit. So Justin Talbot says, your basic videos help a lot. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Um, ah, I love that one. Sawgrass Bassin says, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Uh, I live by it. That's right. It's uh, it's so true. I mean, you know, when I'm having a tough day on the lake and, I, and I'm and i struggling trying to catch fish and, and I, I find myself getting to one of those little wormholes that just you never can get yourself out of, I stop. I sit down on my boat. And I just basically do a, a start over. I mean, even if I've got a sandwich, I'll eat the sandwich. I just get my mind off of fishing for about five or six minutes, then turn around and start all over. Uh, and I look at the watercolor and I work, look at the conditions and I look at the past conditions for the last few days and I just start completely over. And then I try not to go back and do the same thing I was doing, you know, look a little deeper, look a little shallower, but I always try to start over and figure out what I can do different and what, what, uh, uh, what things I made, what, what did I do wrong and where I, what sent me the wrong, wrong direction. So, um, Mitchell Anderson says good practice, good practice going back to the basics, uh, sharpen your tools and fix mistakes. You may, you may make. Yes. Uh, definitely. It's, it's a, I used to do it back in the forum days, you know, Bass Resource had, had a, a huge uh, library of articles and I'd go back and read every single one of their beginner articles and, and just freshen up that knowledge that I may have overlooked or something that I take for granted or things like that. Uh, practice your knots, learn a new knot is another good one. If you guys want to want a chance to learn what a, how to tie an FG knot, it's perfect time to do it. Sit down in your house and, and learn how to, how to tie an FG knot. So, uh, Josh Keller, I do not know the answer to that question. <laughs> Why do we drive a boat on the right side and drive a car on the left side? I have no clue. Uh, there's got to be some history behind that. So, James DLG Fishing, what's going on, man? How you doing? Let's see. Uh, hey, Mr. Fluke, would love to see you fish with Chad Hoover again. Chad's a great brother. I have asked Chad to call me a few times over the last couple of months. And has not called me back, so I'm just just sitting there waiting. But you know, on a side note, though, um, one of the things I want to I'm going to focus on this next year is is showing you guys more about the grassroots of KBF or the grassroots of kayak bass fishing, uh, which is the state challenges. Is if you guys who kayak fish really want to get into tournaments and really want to have a whole lot of fun, but don't want to drop a whole lot of money at it, and still want to fish your home waters, the the state challenges are awesome. What it is, it's uh, you get you you enter the tournament just before this, the month starts on uh, on you enter it on Tourney X, and then for the entire month it's your best five fish. So you can fish whenever you want to, and 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 so on and so forth. But you just keep adding to your limit throughout the month, and then it's like thirty bucks to enter. It's not a huge tournament, a huge cost for a tournament. Go in, and then you get you win money at the end if you if you finish up. And then and this past year. Things might change this next year, but this past year, the winner uh, qualified for the KBF National Championship each month. So the winner of each month of each state qualified. So here's one about 13. Fluke, have you used the 13 fishing fake chrome crankbait rod? Uh, I'm about to buy. I'm about to buy one. Um, Woody, I have. Um, little history. Well, yeah, little uh, old history about 13. This is like four years ago. They really didn't have any crankbait rods. And so, um, I kind of, I, I kind of fussed a little bit. And then the next year they came out with the fake chrome crankbait rods and they're really good for the price. They're really good crankbait cranking rods. Um, they're a little stiff, but in order to get something a little bit better, you're going to have to pay two and three times the amount. So yes, they're a great deal. I love them. I fish them, um, and uh, and you'll you'll enjoy them, man. Especially that um, what was it, six ten? 
anyway, their medium moderate action rod is really good for square bills. So let's see. <laughs> Thanks, Noah. Noah says, everybody give the video a like. Yeah, man, you guys hit that like button. I always forget to tell you that little thumbs up. Uh, it actually helps me to uh, helps more people find this live deal as it's going on. Are you going to go fishing with tactical bass in this coming year? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm getting the feeling that they don't like to collaborate, but I could be totally wrong. So Sean Lay, thanks for the 20 bucks, man. Holy cow. Thank you, man. You're awesome. Uh, random question. Uh, I bought bulk spools of cigar from Amazon. I'm looking under my camera. That's why I'm ducking from Amazon, Walmart and tackle direct to try and save money. And the line is not level wound and the silver sticky doesn't have the cigar logo or yours like this. Um, what you did, what you got, and it's just fine. They're not level wound because they were trying something new this last year. Uh, and, uh, I think it was this last year. I don't know. I don't know how old your spool is, but they used to not level wind them and it eventually fixes itself on the reel on your reel. So don't worry too much about it. Doesn't damage the line. I have four of them that were test spools that have 12 and 15 pound, uh, um, what is it? Invisex on there. And I use them, man. And they're just fine. Don't, don't give it too much thought. So it may also be a, an old bulk spool. And if it was kept inside the store, then it's just fine. Uh, da, 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 da. But I'm planning on going to Lake Gunnersville next summer to fish in the Spro Frog kayak tournament. What color frog should I use? Um, black and yellow blue and black and blue and that's it that's really the if you're going to fish mats now if you're going to fish outside of mats use something that's more of a shad cut color those uh those spro um pop shads are really good find one there's a couple of colors that are kind of clear those are my favorite ones when i'm fishing outside of the grass so Let's see. Scott Butcher. Look at this comment. Look at that cover photo on the wall. He's talking about that one, right? Crap, this is hard to do. Right there. He took that picture of me. Uh, I'm on the cover of Kayak Angler magazine. So pretty cool. He's just tooting his own horn. So let's see. I'm missing a whole bunch of these. Hey, Fluke, have you ever fished a, at Lake Conroe or Sam Rayburn in Texas? I don't think I have. I fished a couple of lakes in fit and I fished Belton is where I fished. And then Lake Fork are the two I've fished in Texas. Um, I may have fished San Rayburn, but I can't remember. Somebody took me a long, long time ago and I didn't even know the names of the lakes. So um, let's see. Chris North says, I know you support Bass University. Very good informative way to learn from the pros. January starts the Bass University dates. If you are close to, lo uh, to a location and can afford Bass U, is it, it is, uh, is it, oh, Bass U is well worth the money. You're absolutely right, Chris. Um, I've been to three or four Bass universities and as a student, and I went last year and I'm, I'm going to try to go this year, but I don't know if my schedule is going to let me. They usually have it in close to me in, uh, uh, at, where is that? Um, in Gadsden, Alabama. And so, I'm going to try to go. I love them, man. They're awesome. So, um, will a slower gear, gear Corrado DC be a good cranking? Oh, and I lost my cranking reel, long cast, lighter cranks, or am I wasting its potential for other techniques with this slower gear ratio? Gear ratio has nothing to do with long casting. Um, all gear ratio is, is, is bringing line in. So um, if it's hard for you to slow down, yes, drop your gear ratio. That's the biggest thing. If you can't slow down, drop down, you know, to a five or to a six. <coughs> Man, I'm losing my voice early tonight. That sucks. All right. Uh, camera quality is gold. Thanks, man. I told you this old freaking camera is still really good. So... Yeah, Scott's got Scott uses the 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 4K version of the camera that the camera I'm using right now, the um, 
and I'm using the uh, the old one. I think I can't remember what it is, a uh, 1080p one. So I've made more friends fishing kayak tournaments than I did boat tournaments, different type of community. Will, you are absolutely correct. Uh, it is a different type of community. And if anybody is wondering what we're talking about, we call it the brotherhood, really. And really, it's a brother and sisterhood now. Um, when you when you get into kayak fishing and you get into just the, even the little tournaments, uh, everybody becomes family. We take care of each other. If you're missing something, somebody's somewhere has got one that they'll loan you. And I've loaned out so much stuff. It's not even funny. Um, but it's, it, it's really cool, man. You just, it's like you get a whole different, whole bunch of friends that just will take care of you all over the country. I mean, I'll give you, for instance, I've got to go down to uh, Savannah Monday in order to be able to get my boat in the water at 7.30 in the morning for high tide uh, to head out to Sapelo Island. Made one simple text to Ron Champion, one of my buddies from Kayak Fishing. I said, hey, Ron, I need a place to crash. Can I stay at your house? And he was like, absolutely. And I mean, it's just like that, man. I could do it all over the country. And somebody somewhere in the kayak community is going to let you stay at their place and going to let help, help take care of you. It's awesome, man. Um, my audio and video is off just a little. It usually catches itself up. Let me see what I can do to fix that. I don't think there is anything. Let me look. Um, settings, camera. How's that? That's a little better. I turned the resolution down just a little bit. Let's see if that worked. May just have be having a hard time catching up. Uh, do we have plans to fish with Tackle Junkie 81? Man, whenever I'm in, in Illinois and I have a, an extra day or two, I always call uh, Jim and, and fish with him. So uh, if I get back through Illinois this year for on a trip, definitely going to fish with him. He needs to get his tail down here. My problem is he has a full-time job on the weekends. Um, let's see. What are your rods for throwing crankbaits? Like eight XDs. I throw them on a jig rod, a seven foot three medium heavy rod. Basically what I throw my light wire jigs on. Um, yeah, it's, those things are crazy. Eight XDs and 10 XDs. They're just really, really big. Um, so it's just one of those deals, man. So So my, all right, let's see. <laughs> I just read a question that I don't need to talk about. Um, are, are there days that the big mamas are just biting or can you get them to bite with right presentation of bait? You can get them to bite with right presentation um, more than just the right bait, really. Uh, it doesn't have to be the perfect bait. It just has to, I'll give you a, for instance, uh, that spoon video that I did. Let me tell you a little story about it. And it, just my recent spoon video, you guys can go back and watch it if you haven't seen it. But I, I was going out to, to, um, to do some tests on some baits and stuff that are coming out from 13 fishing. Wasn't going to fish. I just kind of idled over top of this, uh, this point because the lakes I fish are idle only. And I said, man, there's some fish down there. And I said, you know what, let me get done with what I'm doing. And then I'll turn around and I'll go make a few casts on there. And I, all I had, I had two rods on the boat and I know, don't know what, remember what one of them had on, but the other one had a spoon on that I'd fished the day before, um, on Lake Altoona. And I didn't even bother tying anything else. And I'm like, well, let's just go and play around with this for a little bit. And so I threw out there just, it's just a random bait. I threw out there and I let it sink to the bottom and I popped it up once and got hammered. And I think if I'd have done that with a lipless crankbait, it had done the same thing. Um, if I'd have gotten over top of them, had they been a little deeper than 15 feet deep in that clear water, um, I got over top of them and I'd fish them with a regular vertical spoon. If I thrown a Carolina rig, I probably would have caught them. I found them, they were active, but also I gave them somewhat of a presentation that made them have a reaction strike. So if you're having trouble catching fish and you know they're there, throw something that requires them to react to it and not go up and look at it and stare at it and figure out, hmm, where do I really want to bite this thing? You know, leave the drop shots on the deck of the boat or in the rod locker or in your kayak or in the truck. Leave them away from you. Grab something that's going to 
cause them to react like a crankbait, like popping a jig off the bottom, like, you know, a spoon spinnerbait, anything that's going to, they're going to see coming at them and they're going to, Ooh, I got to get that before it gets away. And that's what they do, man. It's just all about that reaction bite and you'll catch big ones that way. Uh, let's see. Ah, can you do a video on how to find a, uh, find and fish ditches? All right. So what he's talking, what Zach is talking about, he's talking about um, basically if you go into a pocket, there's always going to be a deep spot of that pocket. And if it's a man-made reservoir, a lot of time it has a ditch that's been caused by rain runoff that runs somewhere down the middle of that pocket. And I'll give you the short of it, Zach, and it's a great idea for a video and I'm going to do one. Um, but you go into the pocket and if you have a fish finder, you really in the wintertime, it is very difficult to fish without a fish finder. So go in there and scan, zigzag back and forth through that pocket. And if you see bait fish, uh, schools of bait fish, I don't care how shallow and how deep they are, there's going to be bass somewhere in that ditch in the middle of that pocket. If the water temperature is in the low or in the 40s, even into the 30s, they're going to be in that ditch. And they're just going to be, you just got to find the depth. So typically what I do is I stay on the outside of that pocket, throw into the center of that ditch, and I'll I'll yo-yo something like a uh, an underspin or a spoon or something. Underspins work better. They don't get hung up quite as much if there's brush down there or if there's stumps down there. But anyway, you go and you just kind of work your way up. And once you find get bit, you want to make that same exact cast over and over and over again until you almost go to sleep. You've made so many casts at that same spot, and you will catch fish after fish. And then mark that depth. And go to another pocket to match it. And if there's bait fish, fish that depth in the bet, the bass will be in there. So quick and easy, but a lot of fun, man. Thanks for the question. Um, let's see. Boy, the, the comments are skipping way ahead again. If I if I sit down and talk for a long time, uh it's uh it's tough. <laughs> Scott says, where can I buy a flute master hat? I wish I had a Fluke Master hat. Um, you can buy it at flukemaster.com. I mean, come on. But yeah, flukemaster.com is live now. Uh, hats, hoodies, shirts, uh, cool little water bottles like this one right here I'm drinking out of. And no, like I said earlier, this is not a decal. This is printed on that Camelback water bottle. It's pretty dang cool. Um, Noah Glover, I've, read, I've seen this question already once, so I, and I skipped over it. How do I go about fishing a 10,000-acre lake without a boat? As in, should I be fishing in bays or casting out into the main lake? No, it depends on the time of year. Um, if it's late fall, you're going to go into the back of the pockets in the bays. If it is um, uh, summer, go to the points. If it's winter, go to the steepest bank that you can get on without falling in. Um, it's just it's just one of those things where certain times of the year, bank fishing is really, really tough. Uh, but I always start at the deepest section of the lake. Uh, 10,000 lake or acres lake is a little bit big for me to bank fish. Uh, but I understand what you're I understand your situation. Um, start on points in Creek arms and then work into the work along the point, work into the pockets and always look for the steeper side of the point and the steeper side of the bank, wherever you're fishing. So I hope that made sense. Kind of was all over the place. Um, should I fish my old, old Corrado B3, uh, 3.1 or upgrade upgrade, man, that is a slow reel, man. I mean, dude, you could eat a whole three or four course meal by the time you got that one back in after a long cast. Yeah. Sam, get a, get a reel with a little bit better gear ratio. <laughs> that is, that's the slowest one I've seen in a long time. Can, uh, can you do a video on how to find fish? Oh, I already read that one. See, I told you this thing skips around. Um, let's see. Let's see. If I was to start fishing tournaments as a co-angler, what gear would I need and what advice could you give? Um, no more than four rods or five rods. No more than five rods because you're sharing space on somebody else's boat. So that's kind of where I'm talking, where I'm going with. No more than uh, five rods. 
no more than um, a small tackle bag of tackle. And so that's when it gets tough. You've got to, you know, you got to kind of find your confidence stuff. And really, I have always had more success and I'm going a lot off of uh, Ryan's success as well. You know, before Ryan passed away, I, t I told you guys a lot of, he's the youngest person ever to win Co-Angler of the Year for the BFLs. And he did it in the hardest division in the country. And so he is really, really experienced. And I wish he was here to tell you guys about it. But uh, he's really experienced in that. And what he always did is he fished finesse behind everybody, shaky heads, uh, Cinco's, um, you know, uh, weightless trick worms, that kind of stuff, really finessey light line stuff behind whoever he was fishing with. And he would clean house, man. And so, I mean, he, he also for a long time, and he may still hold the record, he held the record for the largest bass caught in the bulldog division, which was a little, almost 11 pounds. And he caught it off of a shaky head. So, um, all right, let me get caught back up on comments. Let me skip ahead. I'm sorry if I missed anybody. Um, James Stillwell, when you kayak fish, do you ever worry about gators? No, mm -mm, I don't. I've been, I've fished around gators for years. Um, number one, we're not on their menu. Uh, number two, the only time you really kind of have to worry about them is in the summertime when they're spawn, when they're breeding. You just don't get between a male and a female. Um, they don't come and knock your boat over. They, you know, they'll come and if they want you gone, they'll warn you. And the only time I've ever been warned was in Okefenokee Swamp when I was 18 years, 17 years old in the Okefenokee Swamp, paddling around in a canoe with my girlfriend. And I got the warning and I left. So, and they'll come, they'll grunt at you and they'll hiss and you got to get, you just go and they'll, they'll chase you off. So. I don't worry about them. Um, Kevin Bolton says, can you catch spotted bass on the standard size pitching jigs compared to compact jig sizes? Yes, you can. Uh, spotted bass will hit big jigs. I, I rarely ever go to a finesse jig unless it's super cold. And so definitely um, they got big enough mouths. Uh, can you do a video on catching a good woman? I caught my good woman almost 20 years ago, Lance. Um, and I used a lot of prayer and God totally sent me to her. So I married like super way above myself. But uh, hopefully she's listening. Actually, I think she's picking up groceries right now. That little Kroger uh, curbside pickup thing is, it's awesome. Anyway, there's my shameless plug for us, for a non-sponsor. Um, hey, Swampland, what's going on? There's no such thing as a good woman. Oh, yes, there is. Hunter Nixon, thanks for the five bucks, man. I really appreciate it, dude. You're awesome. Do you use a snail knot with a straight shank flipping hook, or does it improve hookup ratio, in your opinion? In my opinion, and in my two years of testing, no, it does not. Um, I know a lot of the pros that do it. I lost more fish when I snelled a hook, and I would snell it properly and all the other stuff. I lost more fish when I snelled that hook. Than I did when I threw it when I tied a a, a Palomar or an improved clinch knot. Um, so yeah, so that's that way. And I, I literally did one for one year, and I did the other one for the next year, and it, there was definitely a difference. Uh, let's see. Samuel Kirkpatrick says, "My wife is my partner in local tournaments. That's cool." She just started. What's the best bait to put in her hand when where I uh, where I can fish? Uh, a senko. Um, definitely a senko. It's weight. It's weedless. It's uh, it catches fish no matter where. She can practice her accurate casting and stuff like that. I definitely put a senko in her hand. Um, that or a Ned rig if she's if she's good at fishing things on the bottom. So. Dang, it just jumped ahead right before I was going to read something. There you go. What's my go-to lure for now? Wintertime, uh, late fall transition into winter, which is about where we're at right now. Uh, jig, jerkbait, spoon, um, underspin maybe. I'm going to wait for it to get a little bit colder. 
But for right now, man, I love throwing a spoon in the wintertime. Um, blade baits are a lot of fun, too. So as soon as I get done with this hunting trip next week, man, I'm gonna I'm literally going to spend days and days on the water fishing. I just been so focused on getting ready for it because literally I'm on an island. I had to go borrow a, a saltwater boat uh, or a not a salt, but a uh, center console boat from my father-in-law because it's, we're going to have pretty high way, uh, wind getting up out there. So um, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a fun little trip. Am I using line conditioner? What settings are you using on the DC? I don't have a DC. Oh, you're talking to James Steelwell. I use line conditioner, by the way. Um, I use KVD line and lure, and I have for many, many years. Uh, let's see. Go to lure on uh, rain, cold, rainy conditions. If it's not muddy, if it's muddy, I go home. That's my go-to lure. Go home. Um, but if I if it's not muddy, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a spinner bait or I'm gonna throw a spoon, and I'm just gonna work it a little bit faster. So. Yeah, Greg Murphy nailed it. Samuel put a wacky rig, a wacky, wacky rig in her hand, which means a Cinco that's wacky rig. So, uh, what do I do with my old fishing stuff? I, the stuff that I haven't, that's new, I have a lot of tackle that I just don't use. Um, I, there's a, a few swap meets around here that I sell at. Um, I sell very little bit on a very, uh, very little online. It's usually swap meets and stuff. And uh, I, I live too out far out in the country to have a yard sale. So they're a lot of fun. Like up in, uh, well, here in Rome, there's one at the Brave Stadium twice a year. And uh, I always jump on that one. So what size spoon? Um, five, maybe six inch, nothing longer. Um, what's my favorite attractant? The only one I use is JJ's Magic. Every single soft plastic bait that I put in the water has clear JJ's Magic on it. I either put a little bit in the bags or I will dip one if I, if I have a new bag. So, um, there's another guy that does that. Uh, Aaron Martins will not put a soft plastic in the water unless it's got JJ's on it. Name drop. Anyway, uh, caught my first bass on nothing else but a fluke green pumpkin with red flake texas rig in heavy hydrilla that is the color to throw in grass right there is green pumpkin with red flake or watermelon red um yeah man i love fluke fishing around grass uh, are you you going to the east tennessee fishing show in january i usually go at least one day. So yeah, I'll, I'll probably jump up there. I think um, if Mike Buca, old bullshad Buca has a, a booth there, I'll definitely go. I'll have to go hang out with him. So I know he didn't go this last year. He's at a different show. Uh, does, oops, I missed that. There we go. Does the topwater bite fall off in winter? I'm in Florida. I don't know about Florida. I have never... I always throw a, a little subperson per subsurface swim bait. And I'm gonna tell you, let me tell you how to tell whether a topwater bite's on or not. During the day, if a fish, if you see a lot of fish busting the surface, I don't care if they're bass or carp or whatever, top tie on top water. So um did you ever get a chance to fish Hague Mill Lake in Dalton, kayak only lake? I have not, dude. I've been thinking about that for the last couple of weeks. Um, I, I need to go check it out. It's really only like maybe an hour from me, not even that far. Uh, I've done a lot. I've looked at it a lot, looked at it on a map. I just need to go fish it. That's cool, though, that it's kayak only. Swampland. I never have any luck with color flukes, only catch on white, but maybe it's my location. It has a lot to do with that. On Clarks Hill Lake, we fish a lot of, it's clear, it's typically clearer water. Fish a lot of open water stuff. Colored flukes do not work. It's all pearl, white ice flukes. But when you get into like small ponds that are a little bit dingier water and have a lot of cover, whether it be grass or wood or whatever, the colored flukes work like green pumpkin and watermelon, man. That's the difference. And especially if you're fishing a lake that has nothing but bluegill, doesn't have any shad or anything else, you'll find that that works, that, you're, that your green pumpkins and your watermelons work really good. 
Can I purchase your Revo SC, Bryce? No. No. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of them. Actually, I, I think I did sell one at the last swap meet. I can't remember. So my kids love those things. It's the old, you guys don't want, these aren't, they aren't available anymore. It's called the Revo SC. It was a special run for Cabela's that Abu Garcia did many, many years ago. Just a really good reel. Um, here's a funny one. Hunter Nixon says, just don't put Z-Man plastics in JJ's. <laughs> he learned the hard way. Yeah, then JJ's magic is really magic. It makes that worm disappear. The 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 Elastec that Z-Man baits are made out of, the JJ's magic dissolves it almost instantly. So it's JJ's magic was designed and for uh for uh plastisol. Those the and that's what all the other saw plastics are made of. So um all right. Here's a good question. Wilby Basson says, when graphing fish, do you mark and come back to fish to fish them or wait a few minutes and come back to them uh, with your troll motor? It depends on how deep they are and the clarity of the water and um, and also light penetration. So if it's super clear water, if I go over fish 15, 20 feet deep, 30 feet deep, I won't come back for a half hour, 45 minutes. If um, if it's stained water and that kind of stuff, I usually 12, 15 feet. Uh, if it, they're a little shallower than 15 feet, I'll I'll come back later. Uh, so it has a lot to do with did I really spook them? And so um, a lot of times if I want to check that, I'll go over top of them and try to turn around and go back over the exact same spot. And if they've moved quite a bit, it means I spooked them and I want to come back later. So that's that's kind of how I do it. Um, typically, anything shallower than 10 feet, no matter what the water clarity, I'll come back later. Or, um, but if it's any deeper, I'll turn around and go fish them. So. Craig Chapman, what would be the equivalent of slider worms from back 20 years or so ago? Um, drop shot worms. I'm trying to think of the one. I think Zoom makes it. It's a finesse worm. It's got a little flat tail. I think it's either by Zoom or by Strike King, but it's there. It's called a finesse worm, is what it is. Or no, Zoom make calls it a, a meathead or something like that. Somebody be able to tell you. But look at Zoom's lineup. Look at Strike King's lineup, and you'll find something that's similar. Man, I that was the first technique I ever learned was the dang uh, slider technique. The the uh, I read the guy's book, and I can't remember Charlie Brewer. I read his book. It was the first fishing book I ever read. So let's see, where was that comment? There it is. Uh, do you use chartreuse markers? I forgot the name of the marker that I saw on Bass Video. Any suggestions on brand marker? I don't. Um, JJ's Magic, because of what it's made out of, you can't put it into a marker or it just dries out instantly. Um, I use Q-tips. <coughs> Dip the Q-tips in JJ's Magic and I use them as the marker. So uh scott johnson thank you very much huge fan appreciate it man um hag mill never heard never heard of it thanks for the info new lake uh check out for sure yeah it's pretty cool it's in dalton georgia so um wyatt john says yeah uh let's go fishing down in felsmere grade down here in florida there's a side there's a side for no motor i've been on it Probably 30 days, 20, 30 days. I fished it a lot. Uh, caught one, caught my last 10 pound bass out of it. Uh, caught a 40 pound limit with a buddy of mine. He caught one, it was about 12. Um, but yeah, I usually go there in February, January, February. So you'll see me down there not in, in not too long. So uh, Mr. Bush says, Swampland, I fish a small pond and they, oh, you guys are talking to each other. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Do I ever fish the Florida Everglades? I have not. Um, William Gunderson says, how do you fish bluff walls and what lures? William, I'm, I'm going to tell you kind of a little bit, but I have a really detailed video on how to fish bluff walls. Um, uh, just search. What you do is you go to my channel page. There's a little, um, little magnifying glass over there on the right right side a little bit click on that and then you can search just my channel uh and just uh look up bluff walls and you'll find them or bluffs so um 
let's see. But what I do is I typically when I'm fishing bluff walls, most of the time I'm throwing a about a three eighths ounce Texas rigged creature bait. And I throw up against the wall and I let it fall down to the first shelf and I shake it a little bit and then just barely move it and let it fall down again. That's the main way I fish it. I'll parallel crank them in the very cold winter time. I'll throw a float and fly. It just all depends. But man, that's a really detailed video. You ought to go watch it as soon as this is over. Um, uh, Adrian, I've never used Lake Master, so I can't answer your question. I have no clue. I know Lake Master is detailed, but it, it doesn't have nearly as many as many lakes as Navionics. Um, never fish Lake Norman. Uh, the Z-Drop, that's exactly what it is. Thanks, Random H. That's the worm that looks a lot like the old slider worm. It's just a little bit fatter. So uh, does, sh does shadow matter when fishing shallow? Yes. Are you conscious to uh move your shadow in your casting real area yes i am chris and i'll give you an example um you know how in the summertime gar like to get really shallow um or even carp but mainly gar and they're really spooky when they're real shallow so i had the sun at my back and i literally just backed up to where the only thing that where my shadow wouldn't hit that gar but i took my fishing rod and i wait i just moved it really slowly between the sun and that gar and he spooked so that kind of gives you an idea of how important it is to keep your shadow off of what you're casting. And remember, your shadow hits the water, and, and if the sun is at a low angle behind you, it's going to travel a long ways to the bottom of that lake. So you're spooking fish not only to your, where your, sh your shadow hits the water, but well beyond that under the water. So... TJ says, I'm getting a kayak for fit for Christmas and wanted to know some tips and some basics of kayak fishing as I've done nothing but bank fish so far. Go watch the video I just launched last week about what to what are the basic uh, uh, things you need to buy for a kayak for your first kayak. Um, and another th the, the the things you need to work on is anchoring, um, setting a hook harder. Because when you set the hook on a fish in a kayak, you'll notice that your kayak goes towards that fish. So you lose power in your hook set. That's why a lot of us use braided line. I don't. Uh, I, I tried it. I didn't like it. But a lot of guys use braided main line to a, a fluorocarbon leader. I do it every once in a while. Um, so you can get a better hook set. I just crank it, man. I I, I set, my, set the hook probably twice as hard in a kayak as I do with a boat. Let's see. Um, with any luck, I might get to fish Felsmere after the KBF open next weekend. If not, I'll make it a return trip. I hear it's pretty good right now. So what's a good type of lure to throw? Chatterbait and a swim bait, uh, a paddle tail swim bait. So, and it does have a, a ton of grass. Just find the clearest water that's on the lake and you'll, you'll find the fish. Um, it's a lot of paddling, man. I put 12 miles in one day. Uh, what is a good... Was a good bona fide kayak to start KBF fishing? What length? I saw your video, but wasn't sure if longer was better or wider is better. Just one you're comfortable with. Um, if you like to stand up, make sure you get a good one that's stable. Uh, for any kayak, what you need to do is make sure that you go uh, get in there and demo it. Go to a paddle shop that'll take it, take you out, and let you demo it. Um, but uh, I mean, a pedal drive's good, depending on how much money you want to spend, really. So, but demo everything you can before you buy your first kayak. I, I like it, like I've told many people, I bought my first kayak and sold it after two trips because it just I could not paddle it; it hurt my back. So, uh, let's see. Big stars. What about swim baits now? Yes, from now until uh, spawn, swim baits should be good. Just play around with the depth. So, uh, Tony Lambert uh, says, "Hey, I watch you a lot. Have you learned? Uh, I've learned so much from you. Do you ever get up to the Three Rivers in Pittsburgh? Uh, tell them to watch kayak video. I learned a lot." Um, I have been up to Pittsburgh. I've just never fished in three rivers. 
So um, anglers up there. So, you know, the little button that I normally have on my hat, I found found one I lost today and stuck it in my truck. I should have put it on my hat. But anyway, so they're up there. So I get to go up there every once in a while. <clears throat> um, when do I start using craw colors? Uh, usually in the late fall water temperature gets down into the mid 50s i'll start to use craw uh jigs again with craw colors and i'll fish that all the way till the spawn um just play around with my speeds as the, the speed that i'm fishing it the colder the water the slower you want to drag your jig so thanks for the comment chris do i plan on fishing the Demiki rig this year i have not i didn't think about it i might if i get up into one of some of those deeper clear lakes I might actually fish it the way it's supposed to be. May have to get out there with Alex Rudd and mess around with some of those lakes up where he's at. So, Gene, who taught me how to fish? Let's see. My dad taught me how to trout fish. Uh, I taught myself how to bass fish using the internet, using books, magazines, anything I could get my hands on <coughs> was typically what I did. So, uh, what has happened to Fluke Master reviews? I don't do reviews anymore. I, I'll do a few on this um, on this channel. I'll do some where I just do like uh, like I did with um, Scott. What was the name of those dang soft plastics? My mind just went totally blank. Um, I got so many different lure companies running through my head right now. But anyway, I did a couple of them this year where I just did a review of the baits and I did them on this channel. Fluke Master reviews channel. It just got to be um too much of a babysitting thing once i made posted a video all of the shimano guys would jump on and just rip me left and right saying their bait their reels were the best and all this other stuff so i just kind of backed out of it and said you know what i don't even want to get involved in that stuff so we'll let somebody else do a review uh just one of those things um See, do I like an A-Rig for winter? I, I A-Rig is probably the best in the winter time, any time, of, you know, compared to any other time of the year. I just don't like throwing one because it's got too many hooks on it. And I'll catch a fish and that fish will get all balled up in those hooks and I'll pull one out of its gut, I'll pull one out of its gill and one out of its side and, and then finally get to the one that's in his mouth. And I just don't like putting that many holes in a fish to catch it. So just one of those things, man. It just, it, it just, I don't like it. I don't like to fish it. I don't mind other people fishing it. I just don't like to fish it. So what kind of kayak do you get for a beginner? James, I will tell you straight up, get one that you can afford is the biggest thing. Um, you know, and it helps to be able to borrow one to paddle it and try one out or go to a paddle shop and, and paddle it because everybody's different. Everybody, some people want a fast boat. Some people want one that's more stable. You most boats you can't have both um the best of both worlds has been the bona fide because of the way it's designed you're able to get some more speed with more stability but that's a sixteen hundred dollar kayak and so it all depends on what you can afford the ascends are good look all the way up and down the uh the um the native line has has every single price point all of them are pretty good i haven't fished the lower fished out of any of the natives but i know the guys that do really love them so, but if your budget's around a thousand bucks, then, uh, the bonafide, um, RS-117 is a really good kayak. So you tried fluke line through, uh, the fluke line through method, uh, with a treble hook using a rivet. Yes, I have. And they're really, that's a really cool technique. I need to do a video about it, but I haven't done it in years. So basically what you do is if anybody guys, if any of you guys know what a line through swim bait is, you basically, the line goes through the nose of the bait and goes out through the belly. And then there's a treble hook tied on. So if the fish bites, the bait gets away from the hook and the, it's very difficult for the fish to throw the hook. And so we do that with flukes by just taking and putting um, a, a rivet, a hollow rivet through the nose and through the other side and then run the line through the two of them. So it's pretty cool. Uh, hey, Gina, I seen you on the dock the other day and it was really nice to see you and, and catch those bass. And the next time you go to the lake, there is a house in the next, there is a house in the next few days. And then when you get to go, you might want to type that again, brother. Um, 
What's the biggest swim bait I throw? A nine-inch bull shad. Uh, weighs about a thousand pounds. Uh, you got to throw it on a broomstick. But that is the biggest swim bait I throw. And yes, I catch fish on it. So I, I have a I have a rod that Thirteen Fishing makes. Um, it's their it's like an eighty-dollar swim bait rod. I don't know if they, they even I think they discontinued it. But it will throw a fifteen-ounce bait. So. Let's see. <laughs> Andy says, just bite the bullet and get a Hobie. <laughs> That's a huge bullet. What's he got? Golden diamonds in that bullet. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to read that. I saw one of your videos where your lunker lure was hitting the head. Uh, when it spins, how you make it do that? Oh, oh, you're talking about my my buzz bait. Uh, yeah, I just bend it. There's a there's a buzz bait called the I want to say it's called the knucklehead that Greenfish Tackle makes. That uh, that that's what it's designed to do, and it will hit the head. Um, and it's a copy of a bait that a company that went out of business called the Boogerman buzz bait, and that was a that was the best buzz bait I've ever fished. And then Boogerman went out of business, couldn't find them anymore, uh, wore all mine out. And so Greenfish Tackle started making them. And it, I think it's called the Knucklehead. Uh, look it up at Tackle Warehouse. So speaking of Tackle Warehouse, guys, there's an affiliate link down below in this video. If you guys are buying anything for Christmas, click on that little link. Link And, uh, and a little bit of that money goes towards me. It's pretty cool. So uh, asking for rivets for Christmas. <laughs> Love it, Greg. Go to Home Depot. They're only like four bucks. <laughs> uh, let's see. The RS-117 is a great combo of speed and stability, but no in-hole storage can be problematic when turning fishing. Yeah, it can. That's when you really got to have a good, well-organized well uh, crate or tackle box. Let's see. Nice. I need to get a broomstick. <laughs> Let's see. All right. We're going to run this for just a few more minutes and then I'm going to get off and go spend some time with my family. I got my best friend and his wife and one of their kids is coming here to stay the night because he's got a, a, a soccer tournament in the area tomorrow. And I haven't seen my best friend for two and a half years. So, uh, Got some Boogerman buzz baits on eBay. Yeah, man, they do. And they're probably the small ones. The big ones are hard to find. I say small. They're a little bit bigger than that. So um, real quick, what do you guys, I want some comments. What do you? What are some of the things that you guys do in the wintertime to your tackle um, to get it ready? Do you just spend your whole wintertime organizing and labeling and everything else? I just kind of want to know. Kind of drop that in the comments. It'd be pretty cool. Uh, make sure you hit the like button on this video too. I may run for about 10 more minutes since I since I just got that idea. We'll run for about five or 10 more minutes. But I'm really interested in, in to hear on what some of the things you guys do in the wintertime to get stuff prepared because, man, I've got my things and I, I'm, I always want to learn from you, you guys. Is your Tackle Warehouse link on all, uh, always on your videos? It will be. Um, I haven't done that for a while. Um, but yeah, it'll be on all my videos. Uh, any of the links to tackle and stuff down there, you click on it. It's the, it's the affiliate link. So yeah, if you guys ever wanted to support this channel monetarily, uh, if that's what you want to do, but anyway, you get something out of it, just go tackle warehouse. So I get a little percentage of the sale. So that's pretty cool. Hammerhead. That's what it's called. I always forget that that buzz bait is called the Greenfish tackle hammerhead on tackle warehouse. It's exactly right. Uh, JT or TJ fishing says, I just sit and admire it for about seven months. Every, everything is frozen. <laughs> that sucks, man. Oh, uh, let's see. Tackle box is set up for ice. Uh, your winter tackle box is set up for ice fishing. Gosh almighty. I need to get up there and ice fish this year. Maybe I can plan a trip or something. I don't know. I got so much going on. Um, Eric Sources says it collects dust and I buy more waiting for open water. <laughs> oh, man. 
organize and label my tackle plus rewatch your earlier videos. That's pretty good. Hey, thanks for watching Scott, but Scott, by the way, um, Andrew Warfield says this year, I'm going to set up spring, summer and fall Plano Plano boxes two per season. That is a good idea. I have, I go even the further than that. Cause I fish a lot of different lakes. I have specific Plano boxes for lakes. I have, and I have one for Florida because every lake I've used the same, same stinking baits. So that's a really good idea to set them up for different seasons. Um, as you, as you guys collect more and more tackle, love it. Uh, let's see. J Rod says live video quality is fantastic. And I, thanks man. I, I'm, I'm actually using a different stream. I'm using, um, a website called StreamYard, and then after what I do after this is if you guys missed any of this and you're traveling, I drop this onto. I've got a new podcast uh, called Fluke Master Fishing, and it and you can find it on every single podcast site there is, and I drop this into the into that podcast. So it's a pretty cool little deer deal. Uh, where do I get my tungsten weights from? Um, I get them from Academy Sports. Uh, there, I get, I have almost all striking, uh, tungsten weights. And what I've done for years is save 15, 20 bucks every single paycheck when I was working or, you know, every, every two weeks I used to go and buy $20 worth of, of, uh, worth of tungsten, whether I needed it or not. And really stocked up over, uh, you know, three or four years. So, uh, <laughs> Sean says I bought way too many 13 fishing rods and reels from watching your channel. <laughs> uh, buy unnecessary tackle and get in trouble from fiance. Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, Ste Stefan, thanks for the five bucks, man. I haven't read your comment yet, but I just saw you pop up. So um, Greg says I usually go through and make an inventory and see what I am low on or out of. Then I keep an eye out for sales. You know, um, a good way of keeping inventory is uh, that app is the angler app. Um, it allows you now to, to keep track of the lures that you use and that kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. Keisa says I fish all winter. The smallmouth on Cherokee are chewing under 50 degrees. Yes, they are. But I take all my summer baits and organize them on a wall. So the baits get air, get air and don't rust. Very good idea, dude. I love that. Those new, uh, rust proof boxes by Plano. They're the ones that you really can't see through, but they got the red. I can't remember what they call them. It's kind of, kind of a play on the word, but it, that entire box is made out of something that prevents rust on your, on your baits. So they're really, really good. I've got most of the boxes in my boat are those. So, Oh, Miss Kathy, how are you girl? I'm supposed to practice skipping a lure, getting better with the fish finder functions and anything else. I don't, I don't slow down enough to do in the warm months. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Practice skipping. That's a good one. I used to do it on my driveway, skip it on the concrete. Of course, I'd destroy a jig doing it. So Scott says, moving everything this winter to my new Plano edge boxes. I'm so jealous, man. Oh, those new edge boxes are incredible. I want the real small one that has all the, the multiple little, uh, um, little compartments and use that for my kayak terminal tackle. I think that'd be freaking awesome. So, uh, I don't have any of the, the waterproof or the, the edge boxes. So I don't know. Let's see. Started putting my soft plastics in money bags and I love them. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. Those things are pretty good. Pretty good. Mine are starting to turn that yellow because I've had them for a couple of years. You know how clear plastic does that turns kind of yellow. Um, that reminds me a good tip is don't ever buy white flukes in bulk. Um, I made that mistake and bought 25 bags of, of white flukes once went through like four of them. The rest of them turned yellow in, in the amount of time I went through four bags. So from now on, I buy two bags at a time. Uh, edge boxes are waterproof. Scott says, what do you think the future has in store for bona fide kayaks? Um, 
I think it's bright having a being able to go in and move into the native uh, factory and get things made in the native factory is going to be really, really good for Bonafide. Um, it, it just their natives already good at building boats, already good at producing mass quantities of boats. And so, uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I, I haven't talked to Luther about it yet, so I'm not sure what all the details are, but hey, dude, I'm excited about it. So Tony Lambert says he's organized labels and works on kayaks. That's pretty cool. So, all right, guys, I'm going to jump off of here. I really appreciate everybody joining in. Be sure to ch check out flukemaster.com for anything, any of my apparel and anything else. I like this water bottle if I got to, forgot to drink during this thing and now my throat's dry. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's going to be blast, man. I'm not going to be doing a live next week. I'm going to be on Ball Island off the coast of Georgia doing a little bow hunting. Um, but the following week we'll start, I'm going to try to do it every week after that for a while until something else pops up. I can't miss. So, but like I always say, be sure to introduce somebody to fishing, introduce them to my channel. Let me help you teach them how to fish. More importantly, get out on the water, go ahead and catch some fish and have a great day. We'll see you.